Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of screen and stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Unlocking the Cage. I am Meg, and I'm here with Hello. Batman. I am not Batman, I am... Big Daddy, that is my name. <laughs> that is pretty much what he sounds like. Um, anyway, today we are discussing the movie Kick-Ass. Um, if you are listening to us after the fact, we record live every Sunday, 5 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash managers comedy. Uh, you can find old episodes on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash managers comedy. Uh, and we are, t- we are a podcast that's goal is to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 100 plus movies. And today we have a fun one. Oh, also for those of you listening, I am wearing a Batman mask, and oh, Meg, yeah, that <laughs> Meg is dressed like Hit Girl, so it didn't really translate <laughs> to the podcasting audience. But yeah, that's why you can watch us on video too. Anyway, Chris, how is it going today with you? Oh, it's going great. You know, uh, sunny day. Went to the farmers market, got some potatoes. Sure I love a good tato. Who doesn't love a good? <laughs> Uh, we have an air fryer. I slice them up. I, I enjoy myself 100 calories or 100 calories so a potato every once in a while. It's wonderful. Chris is a big potato eater. I would say he eats one potato a day. Yeah. <laughs> We're in a weird mood <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, I was going to say the sound for the title sounded kind of weird. Like it was like really, so just maybe double check the podcast. Ah, sorry about that. Hopefully Let's... anyone in the audience, guy from Kansas City, if, uh, if you hear anything weird, let me know. <laughs> Let's uh let's stop fucking around and let's bring out our guest. But before we do, I just want to show you guys a photo of our guest that I truly love. <laughs> you can hear him giggling in the background. Those are nips. Nips on Twitch. It's happening. Uh, this is how I lose the channel. Uh, this our guest uh, has a shirtless photo of, of himself that lives on that our was, mantelpiece. This pic, the photo he gave me on my birthday in that frame. I, I actually want to clarify that the photo was given to you by somebody else, our friend Nugget. Oh, uh, but it, it was of Jeremy. Anyway, let's bring him out so he can <laughs> he can bless us with his delightful giggle in person. Uh, please welcome comedian Jeremy Weinrich. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Wow, what a picture. <laughs> what an honor to be on your mantle with as that picture. It uh, it you- hasn't come up much because of COVID, but before that, like if we had like a plumber come by, we would sometimes like be like, Oh, we should probably cover up that photo of Jeremy. It's, <laughs> Jeremy it's very sexual. <laughs> also for the podcast audience, Jeremy is dressed like kick ass. This is the first ever episode where we're all in costume right at the top of the show. It's awesome. Uh, Mandy episode, we did all wear costumes, but they weren't all consistent with the the movie. Oh uh, yeah, I believe I believe our guest was dressed up as a chef. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, also they should know that my costume is eight years old and it looks like that. But I I do care less about the costume now that I was able to put it in the washer. Well, I mean, you wear that costume as clothes. I've seen you yeah, wear yeah. that on a daily basis. I've worn it on non-Halloween days, but I have been kick-ass for eight Halloweens. Eight Halloweens in a row. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
but but I've been changing it up because I was also I was kick-ass as a Ghostbuster last year. So. Yeah, there was a year you were kick-ass as Toad from Mario. Yeah, that's right. Were I you Spider that. Spider-Man kick-ass at some point, or am I making that up? I think I've worn. It wasn't on Halloween, but I have worn a Spider-Man mask over my kick-ass mask. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so jeremy tell me a little bit about uh your history with this movie specifically why why did you decide to be kick-ass for eight years in a row and what like what what, how many times have you seen this movie what's the story there uh well i've lost track of how many times i've watched it but i definitely watched it and fell in love with it when i was uh much younger well i guess eight years nine years ago well actually it was kick-ass 2 i saw kick-ass 2 with uh my aunt quote unquote, she's not really my aunt, she's my dad's best friend from college. But we went uh-huh. to the movies together and we saw Kick-Ass 2 and I was like, I loved it. I don't think she did, but I loved it. And I was like, I'm gonna be Kick-Ass for Halloween. And then I went to Ohio University, which is the has the second largest Halloween party in North America. Apart from Whoa. I know, it's huge, it's insane. One time I saw a Teletubby go home with a Power Ranger. That was adorable. <laughs> And anyway, so I was walking around as kick-ass and then somebody else was walking around as kick-ass and we were like, yo, let's take a picture together. But then wait, there's more because right before the picture was taken, another kick-ass came. <laughs> and then they lifted me up. So there's a picture of two kick-asses lifting me up as a kick-ass. And it's, and it's my second favorite photo right behind the one that sits on your mantle. <laughs> wow. So, so, all right, let's do the math here. So this movie, Kick-Ass 2 came out in 2013. How old were you in 2013? uh that was eight years ago so i would have been old am i now i would have been 19 okay so you were you were old enough that this movie wasn't like uh yeah 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 yeah. and uh and so you saw kick-ass 2 first and then did you understand what's going on like i I think i watched the kick-ass 2 trailer first and then like the day before i saw kick-ass 2 i watched kick-ass okay close. and then and then watched kick-ass and kick-ass 2 like a lot after that I just love, I love the idea of somebody who's not a superhero and not rich and just a big old weirdo trying to become a superhero. Okay. Because he believes it's what's right. Of course he does some really horrible things. Or, you know, <laughs> some really bad, strange things in between all that. But the idea of becoming a superhero when you're just a normal cat or person is, uh, I like it. So did you? Did you fight crime with a suit on? Did you try? I did try, yeah. Like I used to walk around college at like three, like a three a.m. a few times, I like walked around in the outfit and like looked for maybe like a you know somebody being a jerk, but Just nothing like, ever happened. You never had to pull out some sticks and rough anybody up. I didn't have sticks because that was you couldn't have weapons. <laughs> yeah, weren't allowed to. Have, I, I was just gonna fist cuffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, uh. So so let me let me give you guys a little background on this movie just to get what's place in the world. So. um it was directed by a guy named Matthew Vaughn, who uh, you may know from X-Men First Class and also all of the Kingsmen movies. Uh, he's, Wait. Yes. Sorry. Also Stardust, which is one of oh. the most romantic and wonderful films of all time. Really? Yeah. Okay, what is Stardust? Oh, man. Sounds oh, familiar. Also, sorry for interrupting. but I, No, I you should. Miss. You should. At, at least he... I, yeah, yeah. He, oh, it was I like, do recognize this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's like the same vein of Kick-Ass where it's like just very kind of like sarcastic. Like the characters are all like a little bit goofier than you'd expect in that world. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Anyway, Megan, Megan and I are furiously Googling Stardust right now. I can see oh, yeah. Stardust. Stardust. It's Stardust. The guy who plays TV's Daredevil. Oh, it's Trey Cox. Dane. Yeah. 
And there's also Henry Cavill, who's like super skinny before he got super jacked for Superman. Oh, and then I remember Ian this. Ian McKellen is the narrator, and Mark Strong's in it. And Mark Strong being Pfeiffer. the villain from this movie, right? Wait, yeah. is that is is that the lady from Romeo and Juliet? Is 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 the... yeah, Claire Danes. That's Claire Danes and Whoa. Homeland and Homeland. Wait, what? This is like a repeat role. No, Sienna Sienna Miller. Sienna Miller. Oh. What? She looks so much like Claire Danes. No, Sienna Miller's in this movie, but she's not the, like, the main... And Claire Danes is not in this movie. No, Claire Danes is the main person in Stardust, which is a wonderful film. Claire Danes is the main person in Stardust. Oh, she is. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know why I kept doubting you on this. I just didn't see her on the freaking cast list. I love Stardust. Anyway, that's a detour about the movie Stardust, also directed by, by this guy. So... Uh, I think he, we should do. A, I think we should start doing a second podcast called "Chokes on Cox," and it's all about us <laughs> checking out Matthew Cox's movies. Wow, Chris. Wow. <laughs> or 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 uh or that's a lot of Cox. I I, I think that's a little better. Yeah. Because then at least there's a little bit of a room for like. Anyway. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. It's been Cox, a long time since Cox I've done talks. this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we're a little I'm rusty. Like forgetting, I know. I'm like forgetting how to host a freaking podcast. All right, so this guy, Mark. Ooh, yeah, that's us. That we deserve <laughs> that. That Nick Cage cringe. Um, I've uh, got so all this, this guy, out. This whole section of the show is gone. Don't worry about. It. I'm just cutting it out. All right, cool. Uh, you're gonna edit it in post. Just say whatever you want. I'll just cut it all out. <laughs> no, you won't. No, I won't. <laughs> you absolutely not. Uh, this guy is weirdly married to Claudia Schiffer, so there's that. Who? What? The director of this movie. Oh wow! So he's living the life that uh, uh, Liam Neeson wanted to live in uh, the film Love Actually. Love Actually, which is interesting. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's how I know Claudia Schiffer. Yeah, me too. From Love Actually. Yeah, I thought Claudia Schiffer was just like a friend in the movie. It turns out she's somebody, she's famous or uh, something. Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, I uh, believe, at some and point. And she is a very uh, famous model. Yeah, I, only, I, uh, I only look at People Magazine for the, for, the cro- <laughs> for the crossword. Not the crossword, but the, yeah, the crosswords on the back, which are easy because it's all movies. The crosswords and people are very easy. Yeah, a lot of fun. Guys, we have to start talking about this yeah, fucking right. film. Yeah. And what are we doing right at now? Oh, right. Guys, okay, wow. Guys, Drop here's in the some ball. More stuff. Here's some more stuff. Let me hit you with some quick stuff. This was based off of a comic book series by a guy named Mark Miller. You may know Mark Miller as the guy who wrote Civil War, a, you know, like what Marvel Civil War was based off of, and the Logan. Brother of wrote. Frank Miller. Is that true? No, nope, just made that up. So. Does it spell different? M I L L A R. <laughs> this movie uh, was came out in twenty ten. Um, so you will note that this is kind of like one of the early like what if superheroes were fucked up movies, right? Like this is pre Deadpool. This is pre The Boys. Like this is, I think a little you know, and it's it's definitely one of the earlier like let's 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 like make this movie kind of feel like a comic book thing, you know? Like it came out around the same time as Scott Pilgrim, but like definitely. One of the things for that, uh, and it was a it was a, a financial success. It was made for thirty million and made ninety six million. Nice. So that's your background knowledge drop about this movie. So guys, what did we think? I'll start with Jeremy specifically. What did you think in comparison to what you thought when you've watched watched it in the past? Yes. Uh, well, it did bother me obviously uh, the first time the uh, you know that uh, he pretends to be gay. Uh, to be with this this girl 
which uh, I, you know, I it was I, okay. I think that I love when characters do really crappy things, but I think they but they shouldn't get rewarded for it. You know, they should learn from it. He gets rewarded like right away. <laughs> uh, you know, and anyway, so but other than but like I love I love, but uh, that was just what I you know, well, generally hated. What should the rest of it? I what what should have happened with that was the lie should have snowballed and he should have been forced to make out with a man. Yeah, that, I would have liked to see that. That would have been funny. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, so other than some of the you know things I didn't like hearing or seeing that were not nice to certain people, I love like just the you know the normal like I said before, a normal dude just wanting who loves superheroes wanting to become a superhero and risking his life for it, like that moment that he's standing over that guy who he doesn't know, and then the bad guy reiterates, "You would." die for somebody you don't even know we don't even know who this guy is he could be a bad guy too he could be selling yeah. drugs to kids or you know beating strangers up but he still protected him because there's three guys against one and he was helpless and then he's like yeah would die you know for but do you feel like the movie is a little bit of a cop-out in that respect because then he does kind of get superpowers right like he oh, he yeah. gets into the car accident which damages his nerves so he is like a metal reinforced skeleton and doesn't feel pain anymore yeah it does yeah like the opposite of what happens in real life happens to him. <laughs> like instead of, you know, never being the same and kind of having a limp forever, he becomes like super powerful. <laughs> he does. Yeah. That he can't, but he says like when he's still getting beat up, he's like, even with the nerve, the, you know, the can't feel it. He's still like, still it hurts so much. yeah, he could still die. He's still not super powerful. So he's not like good at fighting yet, but he's working out. He's trying hard. I also do love, because this is about Nicolas Cage, how Nicolas Cage, like, treated this as if it was his own movie about it. Yes, yes. Like, it felt so much like he was like, I am the star, and this is, and he's, like, was so into it that he, that it was almost like there was a whole another movie going on that was almost just more interesting even like just as interesting yeah it's like you know kind of saves the day well i mean he is the most famous person in this movie for sure especially you know at the time i mean you know it's like we've got a bunch of kids basically right yep yeah. and then and then i guess mark strong who i didn't i've never heard of before so probably not a contender um so like he's you know he's kind of the adult like the adult anchor for the movie right watching this film with meg uh we kept not to like just just I want to just kind of get right into this. Yeah, of course. There are some real dark undertones to this film. Some right. real crazy themes at play here. And I think one of the big ones is and, and Meg, you were the one to point this out. It's just three different fathers, three different father son relationships playing out in three different ways. Or father father child relationships. Father child relationships. Wow. Because you've got, all right, so you've got kick-ass, right? So his dad is really hands-off. His dad doesn't, like, notice that things are going on with him, right? Like, he's 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 not he's not bad. He's just uninvolved, right? Like, he's, he's distant. Um, and so, therefore, kick-ass is, like, dealing with his trauma of his mom's death. Yeah, they all have, like, grief they're processing. Everybody's yes. processing grief in these bizarre-ass uh, ways. So he's dealing with the trauma of his mom's death uh, by like getting it super involved in this fantasy world where he's a superhero, right? So that's like distant dad. Then we have Hit Girl, who has like super loving, super caring dad, played by Nicolas Cage, obviously, but also just like she's being turned into an adult before she's really ready, right? 
because Nick Cage gets robbed can't... of a childhood. Exactly. I love that line from Marcus, and he's like, "You owe this girl a childhood." That's a great line. That's yep. a great line. And and but that's also over the death of of her mom. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Chris uh, and then D'Amico. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got Mick McLovin, uh, who <laughs> I don't remember his character's name. Chris D'Amico. Uh, Red Red Mist. Red, Red Mist. Mist. Yes. Also, Chris D'Amico. His name is fucking Chris D'Amico. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, Chris. Who knows? I wrote it down. God damn it. Chris D'Amico. <laughs> who really could ever tell? You know? <laughs> it's one of those unknowable things. Um, but so he's got his dad is a like mob boss, pretty much. And so he idolizes him. His dad is very distant, but he idolizes him. He wants to be like him. Also, kind no mother. Made... Right? No mother. Uh, no, his, his mother's there. Yeah, she's at the, but she's like not in the story that much. But she's, they have that one line where she, where he's like, I gotta go do business, and then she says, "You go do what you have to do," which like tells you that she's like knows what's going on and just kind of wants to live this beautiful life. Gotcha. In this penthouse, gotcha. and like keep and like have, turn a cheek. What's happening? Okay. And he he wants to have what's happening with Hit Girl. Like he wants to be an adult. You know, like they all all all. All three of them like want to be grownups, pretty much. Or I think he just wants a, some kind of relationship with his father. Yes, I, I mean, and he, so he's yeah, and so he's going about it by being like, "Oh, I want to do crime with my dad." But I also, wow. am, I'm, he does take him to the movies, though, and it, I don't know. So maybe they do have a good relationship. He just wants to be, like you said, a grown up. Yeah, I think that was part of the bit because I love that scene where he's like ordering. He's like, what am I going to get the movies while the guy's screaming? Yeah. And, and he's yeah. Like, I thought that was just like, that was a beautiful improv scene, you know, which, yeah. you know, I would have loved. I love it when people are, you know, I would have things happening far away and they're just not paying attention to it, talking about normal things. Like, what am I going to get at the movies? That's like power, though, too. Like, to be able to be like, I'm going to go into the movie and someone else is going to bring me my snacks. That's fucking awesome. Oh. Yeah. Also, I love how deep you guys thought about this. That was incredible. <laughs> I never, I mean, like, I, I knew, I, I get it when you say it, but like, I never thought about that. That's, that was amazing. Well, when you see him, you're like, obviously there's something wrong. Like he's like, like, it's kind of like if the movie didn't have such a silly tone, like what, what's happening to him is like, he's processing something in a very bizarre way. You're talking about kick-ass, right? Kick-ass. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's putting on this costume and he's wandering the streets at night. And then you see his reactions to the things that are happening to him. Like you said, like the guy in the street, he's like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't care. Of course I would die for this person. Like he doesn't value his own life. He's right. He's kind of letting go of society. He's, he's going off into this fantasy world. And then the weird thing that happens is when he actually does meet real superheroes, he's pissed about it. Yeah. He wants to be the only one now. Yeah. He wants. He loves be- the fame. Yeah. It's so interesting. And I think deep. part of what's going on with that too, why that read at least read so weird to me is because he, the actor who plays him looks pretty old. Like, like, so he was, this is, oh gosh, I already forgot. Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Thank you, Jeremy. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is at this point 20 and also very British. At which this is point, British. at this yeah. point, he's British. At this at point. This he's, also, he's also married to the director of, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, I think it is. I think, oh, that's the, I think that's where the Johnson comes in or the Taylor. Whoa, okay. Which I, that, but, I think he's in there somewhere. That's like a, he has like a steamy marriage, probably. <laughs> I also might want to fact check me. I'm just um, fact yeah. check me. Fuck yeah, it. Check I like me. it. I like it. We'll they never know. There's no way checks. to know for sure. Um, but so, <laughs> Chris so D'Amico! Also, he, 
he reads old to me like he looks old and i think that's part of why i think this movie would have worked better for me if there was a younger scrawnier kid you know well, uh, what's his name uh audition the mclovin yeah. class audition to be i think he does look he probably was somewhat closer to that age but yeah. i don't think he would have that would have been a great played great as movie. well really I, imagine mclovin as kick-ass I, I mean, it would have been a very different movie. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. Too, um, he's got too much of like a mm, smirk thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the smirk. I, I, I like the voice that this guy put on. He's like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like he actually's like putting on his child voice. He's like, "Well, I can't yeah. be British, so I might as well be an American child." He's like, yeah, what's he going does, on? He, he's really got that uh, going through. I mean, he wouldn't be going through puberty. Uh, well, maybe how old he's supposed to be like 16 or 18, 17. He's got like a pretty think, voice crack. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just want to give a shout out also to this actor, Aaron Taylor Johnson, because as having seen him in a few other things relatively recently, he is unrecognizable in all like, so he's, he's in Tenet. Yeah, I love like seeing a, him in Tenet. That was like a twist. I know, like as a, like a military dude, he's also in... Uh, the MCU as Quicksilver. And I would say if you put those three photos next to each other, I would not think they were the same person. Him yeah. and Kick. Like he, he's very much a chameleon. Are we going to talk and, and about so that? Oh. Evan Peters is the other Quicksilver. Oh yeah, that's that's I, the, that's a crazy fact about this yeah, movie. Yeah. Is that the two kind of two of the main stars have both played Quicksilver in the MCU. I wonder if they talked about it, like, you know, how are you going to play Quicksilver? Or like, you did a, you did so good playing Quicksilver. How am I supposed to play Quicksilver now? Because you're so amazing. Maybe they have a Quicksilver group chat. Yeah, they hang out. All the Quicksilver. Does anybody else play? Yeah, who else has played Quicksilver? Just, they could get the Flash on there, the guy who plays the Flash. Yeah, yeah. All the, all the fast people. All the fast. Yeah, the guy from The Boys who runs really fast. A-Train. 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 <laughs> Yeah, oh, everybody man. from Fast and Furious is uh is on the group chat. Anybody who goes fast. Who is Will, fast? Will Ferrell, Caldega Knights, he's in it. Oh my, you gotta go fast. You're not first, you're last. Yeah, he goes fast. Um. So yeah, so let's let's just sort of talk about. All right, so we've talked a little bit about how Kickass comes to be. Um. Let's talk a little bit about how Hit Girl and Big Daddy come to be. So they're established when this movie starts. Yes. All right. Just to also, dive Chris, right in. You have clips. If you, I have you, clips. I don't, oh, I have a tell clip. Tell me if of, there's clips. Yeah, there's a clip uh, of, of, of Hit Girl and Big Daddy. Uh, yeah, their father-daughter relationship. This is the first scene you see them in, actually. So here we oh, go. Oh, this is so good. This is wonderful. Oh, Brendan, Brendan has some stuff. Oh, he just said, he was just confirming about the the romance between Aaron Taylor Johnson and the lady who directed Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, May, December. Oh, there, there's, ooh, She's right. 24 years older than him. Ba, anyway, ba, let, let's, let's hit, some, hit us with some clips. Oh, child. Mm -hmm. Only for a second, sugar. A handgun bullet travels at more than... 700 miles an hour. 700 miles an hour. So at close <laughs> range like this, the force is going to take you off your feet for sure, but it's really no more painful than a punch in the chest. Why are you getting punched? Does anybody... Oh, sorry. I, I, uh, did you guys pick up on what song that is in the background? No. It's, his, no. it's a slow version of His Truth is Marching On. Is it going to hurt bad? Oh, child. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Only for a second, sugar. A handgun bullet travels at more than 700 miles, an 700 miles an hour. So at close range like this, the force is going to take you off your feet for sure, but it's really no more painful than a punch in the chest. Why are you getting punched in the chest? <laughs> You're going to be fine, baby doll. <laughs> the tone of this film. <laughs> wow. 
I mean, it perfectly depicts their relationship now. Shooting her. Kind of fun, huh? Now you know how it feels. You won't be scared when some junky asshole pulls a Glock. I wouldn't have been scared anyways. That's my girl. All right, up you get. Come on. Two more rounds, and then home. <laughs> and to, to me, this relationship is the best part of the movie. Like, I think that the father-daughter relationship... Sorry about that. Thank you. Thank you for that transition. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's the most compelling part of the movie to me, because the romance is real fucked up. Yep. Kick-ass in general, the character, I was just like, I don't know what this guy's deal is. Um, I thought Red Mist was pretty pretty good too, but I really did love just like, you know, because obviously just to, to over recap their relationship in the film, you know, we see him training her and then we see uh, him, basically she saves him later on and then he dies. And so then she has to find her way in the world alone. You know, it's like a real coming of age Coming of the age of 12. <laughs> Coming of the age of 12. Yeah. yeah. There's something so fucked cool. up. Like, there's a really fucked up thing about their relationship, though. Yeah. And that is he makes comic books that she reads as homework. Mm. And the, the yeah. comic books. Did you see? She's like, are you done with your homework, sweetie? And she's reading a comic book he made about how they're going to go kill this guy at Miko. It's homeschooling. You know, it's. it's- People stereotype it, but it's 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 a legitimate way of teaching, Chris. <laughs> I don't know, man. But they do bring it up when Marcus is like, this is how you brainwash her, and he's like, I call it a game. So like <laughs> like it's aware, like they're, you know, we at least we all know how aware how, you know, this isn't how she should be raised. But she is I mean, she does most of the work the whole movie. Right. I yeah. Mean, Saves everyone. It's only kick ass, like shoots the, you know. Am I allowed to say it? it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, he, it's, yeah. What? I was going to say, it's no, I mean, it's no more or less problematic than sort of like the kick ass story and like what he does, but I found it more believable in the world. Like I found myself being like, okay, I believe that this world exists and I feel the emotions of these characters in this world. Whereas kick ass's stuff was a little bit more of a suspension of disbelief for me. I I think that uh what's it called uh the spoiler alert Kick Ass Two she's also the only like real superhero in the whole friggin' movie uh so yeah I don't know like when is another superhero gonna come along yeah Jim Carrey was pretty close yeah he was pretty close yeah. and he was amazing and oh and unrec and almost unrecognizable yeah. the, that was great that movie uh, yeah. So yeah, all right. So they, yeah. they, got, they got these other characters now, uh, Big Daddy and and uh, Kickass is out there trying to fight crime. Lord, and we Lord. also we want to we also want to just touch on how uh, the story of why Big Daddy and uh, what's her name Hate Girl are the way they are, right? Because uh, he he was framed. Yeah, he was framed and ended up in jail. And uh, his pregnant wife died while he was in prison. And then when he came out of prison, he met his daughter for the first time. Sounds familiar to me, guys. It's, it's, can I say it? Say it. It's Con Air. It is Con Air. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Wow. This is the aftermath. 
Nick Cage really hates it when he's uh, when he's falsely accused and goes to jail, and his pregnant wife is has to. Apparently, this was written stuff. as a as a homage to Con Air, though. So this is a deliberate, not just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, that's what the comic book was about that the dad wrote for his daughter. So, so let's talk about. All right, so Chris, you were getting that. Uh, What's it called? You were getting so, that something. So yeah. they're, they're in the same world now because Kickass is out there trying to fight crime. And then he, he tries to take out, so he's got this love interest, Katie uh, Bo, Bo, what? I <laughs> have her from How I Met Your Mother. That's right. I have her name in here somewhere, but Let's anyway. Let's just call her Katie. I think it's Katie. Oh, Katie Dolmus. Katie Dolmus. Okay. Uh, and uh, Dolmus, which are a uh, Greek treat. Uh, those are grape leaves wrapped around a stuffing. Oh, that is a true fact. <laughs> so, so he's she's got this guy who's bothering her. So he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go rough this guy up." So he goes to this apartment and she hits the fan, and Hit Girl saves him, and that's how they cross paths for the first time. Why did you say it like that, Chris? Yeah, that's how he, they cross paths. What do you, I was like, that's why they cross paths. What are you talking about? <laughs> But well, he's seen he's seen Kickass too, so I guess he knows like Cross- where it goes. There's just like significant glances, which is really Kick- really weird. They don't do well. anything in Kickass too. There's just significant glances, right? They just kind of glance at Wait, each other between Kickass and Hit Girl. Yeah, I mean, can Ew. I spoil? Can I spoil? Yeah, Kick-Ass? go for I it. Think is there a smooch? I forget. Yeah, yeah. They she like it's like her first kiss is with him at the end, and he's like, "What was that all about?" You know? Ew. I guess he's like a senior and she's a freshman now, so I guess that's where they thought. It, but like it wasn't that was IRL uh, 10 year age difference yeah unnecessary in the yeah not not great you know they're because especially because he knew her as a kid but she like I guess like in the movie she was the one who like pulled him but anyways it's still yeah. not yeah not fun not not great to watch it's at the end spoilers <laughs> okay. so just turn Spoiler that movie alert. off before they kiss the last five minutes I mean, I, I know I don't like kissing in movies, so that that'll, that's <laughs> ew, gross. I have a we quick, got a clip, quick clip of them Kickass uh, two going of Kickass two. No, of them going to meet, uh, of them meeting Kickass for the first time. This is also a real quality clip of Nick Cage's weird affectation he puts on when he has the Big Daddy costume on. I didn't say anything to anyone. I swear. <clears throat> Good move. Ass kick. Let's keep it that <clears throat> way. Thank you. Let's call it insurance. Makes it easier for us to take your word. See, we like you, but we don't trust you. Don't take it personally. I cut this to just have Cage. I rerouted your IP address. Finding you was way too easy. (laughs) This is like a computer man. (laughs) So so apparently the reason he did that was because he modeled it on the Adam West Batman. Oh, and, and he and he hated and he hated Christian Bale's Batman voice. So it's trying to be a contrast to that. I feel like like Nick Cage comes in and starts making choices, and you cannot control him. And he, he's the biggest star in this movie, so they probably couldn't say no to anything he wanted. Also, wasn't he supposed to be Superman? So isn't this like his way of becoming? Oh yeah, a, I mean we've like, had a, we've touched upon this a bunch of times, but he is a big he's a big comic book guy, and just you know never really got like the big comic book role you know like that he should have had probably he got ghost rider yeah Mm -hmm. i guess that's true they're slowly building and i want to do this one day 
a uh, Justice League MCU? of Cages. Oh yeah, an MCU of Cages. <laughs> like we got Ghost Rider, we got the guy from Next, we got uh, this guy. So we're, like we're getting a lot of superheroes of Cage coming together. I, I would say, what? I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, he's a say? sorcerer. I would say he's also got sorcerer from Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh, and he's got a really smart guy. He in National Treasure, he's just a genius that he just uses his brain knowledge. Who to, would he be like the uh, leader? I think he'd be the leader. Yeah, yeah, he would have great. He'd be really good at uh, leading that team. He would be like the Nick Fury. That character would be Fury. like the Nick Fury. That would totally be the Nick Fury. Oh my god, mm-hmm. this is coming together. Wow. And then there'd be the the leaving Las Vegas cage. I don't know what he'd be would the be. troubled one. The troubled one with no powers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. All right. So, yeah, they meet up. Uh there's this problematic story arc where like, hey man, there's a rumor you're gay. Uh and then yeah. Yeah, so yeah, let's talk about this cuz this is the this is the the meat and potatoes of the romance. So, he basically he has a crush on this girl and then at some point she thinks he's gay and so she lets him into her circle and lets him put self-tanner on her butt basically yeah, she gets completely yeah. na- naked, totally naked, and is like, rub self-tanner over me. It's okay, because you're gay. Also, like, she kind of, like, at the start goes, hey, I've always wanted a gay best friend. Yeah, so <laughs> Not knowing anything about this. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Let so me like, yeah. collect you. It's my life. Ugh. <laughs> This feels very of the era. Like, I mean, I, I, so tell me, I'm sure I know you've seen both movies. I only saw Scott Pilgrim recently, Jeremy. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Oh, for the first time? No, no, many, I've seen it many times, but I saw it in theaters. Oh, okay. Recently. Like last month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so did we. Yeah. That was our well, first movie, our first movie back. Oh. Um, but like if these, these movies feel like they're kind of the same in a lot of ways, you know, like kind of like this is very 2010. Like we want to put, something about gay people in our movie but we're not sure how to do it yet Mm -hmm. right like we want to have a commentary on this as like this is a reality of the world around us but we don't really understand it Mm -hmm. and and i i like i said before i love i mean like i want characters to make mistakes because i mean we need conflict right you know it didn't have to be this you know but when she like finds out like you know i mean if you were in her shoes and you just found out that the you know this straight man has been rubbing your back and you know having sleepovers with you you should be like get out of my house i never want to speak to you and then if she really was in love with him maybe like a few months later you you know he's gotta you know it can't just be right away they can't just right, right away just start making out you can't just be okay with it right there needs to be more consequences for if him. they pick that moment to start being realistic in this film then yeah. <laughs> like really also like the makeout scene is really uncomfortable because it's like they make out and then he immediately grabs her boobs just like yeah. Yeah, he loves he loves boobs they make that very clear in this film how much he loves but it's meant to be like look at this prize he's won he's won a chance to touch some boobs yeah and he won it by lying and then ad- admitting he's lying but not but like there was no there was nothing and you know, started a yeah. whole generation of, of what's the word they have for them now? Chads? I forget. Like, is, is that, that a thing? People do this? 
no, 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 no. It's, it's, I, I forget what a Chad is. It's like somebody who like does nice things for ladies all the time and, and hoping to get laid or something like that. I believe you're thinking of a simp, Chris? Simp, maybe? A simp? <laughs> I can't wait, keep wait, up so with it. Couldn't you just do nice things for everybody? But like in the hopes <laughs> that you're going to get laid, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, as opposed to just being a dick and then you will get laid <laughs> yeah yeah i mean jeremy you gotta enter this is this is a this is like a zoomer thing you gotta interpret for us what you yeah you're the young one what here. i've never heard this before i thought chad was just like a guy i played soccer with uh, in middle school <laughs> i was simp. i was hoping he was gonna go full honk when he went in for the boob grab but he didn't he just kind of like for her sake i'm glad uh-uh. he, didn't. he didn't do a honk no but nobody wants that they should have thrown a honk sound effect in Gentlemen, just uh, some <laughs> advice: don't don't honk a boob on the first time you touch a boob. Yeah, don't honk no boobs. If you've been dating someone for a long time, you can honk a boob as a joke, but like, make sure you know, <laughs> make sure she's okay with it. Can we yeah. talk about the Armenian suicide at the top of this movie? Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why? I don't understand why he had. Why did he have to be Armenian? Yeah, yeah. It, it could have just been like some guy. And that costume was way too nice for someone. I think like if, I, I, like someone with severe mental illness. Why would they put that much effort into that costume? It was so beautiful. It's a really great costume. Yeah. Yeah. Very shiny. Anyway. So wait. All right. Let's <laughs> let's let's wrap up our main three characters by talking a little bit about Red Mist and you know his origin story and his daddy issues and what happens there. So. Oh, remember when he fucks Katie in an alley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In yeah. this movie? Anyway, sorry. This was just out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, these are your high schoolers. They were What's just happening? like grabbing boobs tentatively yeah. just a few scenes ago. Having sex in the alley. So Red Mist is a d- device created by McLovin to snare our heroes. Not a literal device, but a... A plot a, device. A plot device, yes. Unclear why it's called McLovin McGuffin, if you will. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Holy shit. (laughs) I don't know if I deserve that. Um, So, yeah, so he is Chris D'Amico, as we've been told is his name. And he uh, is a rich kid who's, I I mean, I would think he's lonely. I don't really think they emphasize how lonely he is, but... I feel like that's kind of the trope is like the lonely rich kid. Oh yeah. Cause they're at the comic book store and they're like, I wonder if, uh, why don't you go talk to Chris? Maybe we could be friends with him. And then he walks over and he gets like, it was almost, it was almost romantic when Dave, you know, when Kickass walks up to Chris at the comic book store and then Chris smiles, that was, it felt very romantic where Chris is like, Oh my God. Somebody's he smiled you know, this, at me. Yeah. This boy's about to come talk to me. Well, that's- you know, but then the security guard is like, get out of here. You know, gives him the look. So he's gotta get he's gotta get away. That was the moment it could have all been different. Yeah. Yeah. Change, yeah. Oh, if well. he had friends, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be so evil. Yeah. It would have changed everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh so so all right, so the more, let's 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 get this in there. So like he he uses Red Mist to trick uh kick ass into giving up Big Daddy and Hit Girl, and they get Big Daddy. Uh yeah. and Big Daddy and, and- is tied to a chair. With kick-ass. With kick-ass. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to execute Do you have any him. more Eclipse, Chris? I have Nick Cage's death scene. I do. Uh, where he's screaming. He's wanna, screaming we, a it's, lot. So, it's so hard to tell what he's saying. I've seen this so many times, I still don't know what he's saying. And I read the script. And you wanna, I still don't know what's going on. Well, well first I have, I have this scene, uh, which is Cage as Big Daddy fighting in the warehouse. 
Oh yeah, through the teddy bear. That's a pretty good fight scene. So, wow. Jeremy. Yes. As a movie nerd, do you know what other movie this song was used in? Whoa. Uh, no. Okay, so when 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 we heard when we saw the scene, I, I don't know if this is the first time this song showed up. When we saw the scene, I was listening to the music and I was just like, "Oh, I've heard this before. This is like not just from the soundtrack." Um, so this song was used really heavily in 28 Days Later. Oh, I never saw that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I do um, love the music in this movie. It's uh, It was composed for 28 Days Later, and then the same composer was used to, um, what's it called? The same composer was the guy who composed music, music for this, and he just reused his own song. What? It's yep. not like an homage or like a, we, you know, I mean, it just be. says that he changed it slightly and renamed it Big Daddy Kills. Wow. <laughs> nice try. It was originally called In the House in a Heartbeat. Oh Whoa. He's like, oh, shit, I got to get this soundtrack done. Oh, no. <laughs> what do you think he was procrastinating? And then he was like, oh, man, I got a few days left. I uh, bet nobody see 28 days later. And then <laughs> it's a huge hit. He's like, oh, that was an indie <laughs> British flick. No one's ever seen that shit. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's wrap this up because you got any do you more clips set, to... Do you want to set up this clip of Cage dying, Jeremy? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, this is, I, I love this. Cause like they show a lot of the city people that kick ass knows like his, his dad, his now girlfriend, they really care about each other, even though she was lied to for months uh, about him being gay. So he could get close to her anyways. Uh, so they're all watching this news segment and it says kick ass is going to retire. So, uh, everybody's watching, but then it turns out it's a ruse and it's actually, uh, D'Amico's guys who uh, are setting up a public execution, which is what the news says right before they stop the public execution and everybody then runs to the laptops to watch it because everybody in the world is that sadistic. And you can't stream videos on your phone in 2010. This was yeah, like so, before streaming was even a thing. And yeah. Lap, yeah, laptops happened to be everywhere where everybody was at the time. So they were <laughs> able to, even at the comic book store. So everybody's watching this, uh, everybody beat up, uh, Kick ass and Big Daddy. I don't even think Wi Fi was real back then. I think this was like before, this like might have been dial up times. I guess it's a comic book universe, but they did want it to make it feel realistic with like, you know, how come nobody's tried being a superhero and no, nobody has superpowers? Anyways. Yeah. So, uh, so the one of the bad guys is there's a kerosene everywhere and he's about to light this, light up the kerosene, which is uh, surrounding Kick ass and Big Daddy. But guess what? Something I didn't mention before, which is we thought Hicker was dead because Red Mist shot her in the chest. Uh, but if we had been paying attention to the movie, we would know that she wears a bulletproof vest so That's that right. she can take bullets in her chest. She'd been practicing. Literally the opening scene yeah. with her. And then something amazing happens because the guy who's about to light it up is like, prepare, are you prepared? Are you ready to die? But he was talking to himself because he gets shot in the head. <laughs> uh, but he meant it for, he just didn't know it was for himself. And then the lights go out. And then Hit Girl saves everybody. But somebody lights 
the kerosene on fire, but it's only around Big Daddy. For some reason. Hey. And it just takes her a really long time to do anything about it. So and he's screaming things that we, but we don't know what it is, but it's, but it's passionate because he's like, Dude. My girl, look at my girl. I'm so proud of you. But it's, and it's uh, yeah. All right, okay. so I, two things. This clip, I cut it down so it's literally just the parts where Cage is screaming almost, just a little <laughs> bit extra. And the other thing is, mom, if you're watching, don't watch this part. It's very graphic. <laughs> it's bad. It's, yeah. Uh, she's sending me texts right now being like, this is oh, disgusting. No. Sorry, for, sorry, Mrs. Madden. <laughs> so sorry. don't watch this part. All right, so here we go. Thank you for setting that up, Jeremy. No! Take cover, Not to grip the light. Ah! We go to we I'm so proud of you, Gabby Troll. Are you okay? Getting shot that it hurt a lot more than when you did it. That's because I use the velocity rounds, child. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, no, actually, no, he, so he's yelling instructions to her. He's yeah. like saying, this is what you should do. Now, I'm looking this up. Now switch to Krypton Light. Uh, okay, yeah. Or Krypton Knight. And then it says, go to Robin's Revenge. So, yeah, oh, so he's telling her what to do to defeat these guys. And then, but then, oh, so then when he dies, it's like she can, she has to do it on her own after this. Yeah. I see. So he's been training her. But I always thought it was just like he was, he was saying things and I just assumed that he was just proud of her. He's always just proud of her for saving at least kick ass i mean i give him a lot of credit that is the such a bizarre <laughs> some choices he made in this scene it's like made yeah. some big He's swings never called her child when he calls her child i was like you never called her child before oh no he calls her child the whole movie oh, he does? Oh, okay okay he's like oh child like ah! at first he's like hello child all right so i gotta point something out about this movie and the bad guys in this film the only people they ever killed are two of their fellow bad guys, and that's it. They accidentally lit Nick Cage on fire. They did beat them up pretty badly. Mm -hmm. But the only people that the bad guys, any of the bad guys in this movie ever kill, and the only crimes they ever commit is they murder two uh, of their own men. Oh, yeah, they put that guy in the microwave, and then yeah. they send somebody to jail. Yeah, and then they... they uh, you know, shot that dude's finger off with the, uh, yeah. you know, and they shoot him while Yeah, they're... so it's just, it's just in gang, gang to gang violence, basically, right? And then you turn around and the heroes of this film are literally committing, like, dozens of homicides of people. We don't even know if they deserve to die. There's one junkie in the room when Hit Girl comes in, who's literally just an old man sitting in the corner, not doing anything. And she fucking runs him through with a spear. And he's like, oh, yeah. like he's begging for his life. That's yeah, they, it. They, yeah, they sell, they sell drugs. They, they push <laughs> drugs on the street. It's, it's yeah. But it does, it gets worse in Kick-Ass. Like the bad guys in Kick-Ass 2 are, yeah, are they're, pretty bad. They're more bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, so yeah, that happens. And then. Yeah, so then there's, 
there's a the, the movie kind of ends a couple times like you're like oh this might be the end but then you've got to we've got to go back to the mobster's house and uh kick uh, girl's got to come in and save the day she does all the work and then kick ass comes in at the end and bazooka's the bad guy he he yeah. has a jetpack with guns on. Yeah, that was I love that. That like you you hear about the jetpack, but you don't really know it's a jetpack yet, and you're like, what are yeah. they talking about? Also, I also thought it was so funny that like she really that bit about what she wants for her birthday. And she's like, I want a puppy, and he you know, and and this doll, and he's like, uh, he's like and she's like, just kidding. I want this butterfly knife. And he's like, <laughs> we're gonna get you too. And she loves this butterfly knife. And the first time you see her use a butterfly knife, she throws it at somebody. They die, and she never gets a bat. <laughs> I, would, I would feel so bad if somebody gave me a gift, and then I and I, <laughs> I used it once, and just and then I was like, I bet. I mean, maybe she went back for it because she still had butterfly knives later in the movie. But she throws the butterfly knife and just runs away. What I liked about that scene is they they get all the cash from the crime scene. Mm-hmm. That makes us a lot of sense. Like, how are they affording all this stuff? And it's like, right. oh, they're just taking all the cash from all these crime scenes. Yeah, she's a millionaire. Yeah, she's got a suitcase with three million dollars in it. Yeah, like, are they the villains? His are wife they? committed suicide. Nobody killed his wife. He's getting revenge against. He's fighting a demon that he cannot kill, which is in his mind. Well, well, I guess like, uh, in a, yeah, you're right. Like they're they're not murdering uh, that we know of. They're not. Yeah, well, actually, wait, no, because uh, D'Amico, the head boss, uh, murders uh, two people in the street. One guy he thinks is kick ass. And one guy, That's true. you're yeah. right. I forgot about runs that. runs away. He shoots him in the back. So you know he is capable. Because if this wasn't the first time he killed people or ordered people to kill somebody, yeah, you know that wasn't his first go ahead. You know he just murdered some guy who looks like Kick Ass and then some guy who saw it. But his bodyguard was like kind of disturbed by that. He's like, "Whoa, yeah, why did like, you do that? Whoa, like, yeah, yeah." But yeah, body- it does seem, yeah, he got they all really down. bad at killing at the end <laughs> and afraid of it. So they're probably maybe they're not used to it. And then Kick Ass just comes and mows them down with a Gatling gun. Yep. And they're just kind of like ah, they just get lit up. It's like <laughs> what the. There, there's a good uh in that sequence where she's like fighting in the hallway. There's a couple of good music cues. Uh, one mm-hmm. I point out to Chris, which is um they have. Do you guys know the song Superman? Uh, it's like if I'm so crazy, then will you still call me Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that one. Okay, so it's got a very distinctive guitar riff at the beginning. And it's uh, when she's coming down the hallway, we hear that guitar riff, even though it's actually a ripoff. Like somebody, they wrote the song. They're like, let's let's evoke, evoke the song Superman. Wow, the, the, this person who did the score really <laughs> did, they did not want to do a lot of work. <laughs> uh, and they also used the song Bad Reputation by uh, Joan Jett, which is, I feel like maybe a little on the nose, but... All right, so yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's 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 move a little forward here. So uh, oh yeah, end uh, of the end of the movie. She goes to high movie. school with him and then beats up some yes. bullies. Yeah, She's and literally... Marcus is now her father. There you go. Yeah, who raised her? Yeah, sorry. We haven't talked about Marcus at all, but yeah. his main uh, distinction is played by Omari Hardwick, who we recently saw in Army of the Dead. I loved Army of the Dead. That was him. Yeah, he was the man. He was wow. super jacked in Army of the Dead, but yeah, not very so jacked. jacked. In this. Yeah, he had that. He saw, was the guy right? with the uh, the like the circular saw. Also, we didn't talk about Evan Peters at all. I liked him in this movie. I thought he was great. Yeah, he has a small part with Clark Duke. 
Yes. That guy has not aged at all. Uh, the other is it Clark Duke? Is, is that Clark Duke? Yeah, from looks, Sex Drive. Looks exactly the same. <laughs> you see that movie? Oh, that's mm. a great movie. Yeah, I love that era of movies. Uh, the same with uh, that movie with Tom Green, uh, Road Trip, uh, yes. Euro Trip, like like the era of uh, yeah. Anyway, Meg's Meg's too young for all this. Me and me and Jeremy. <laughs> Are you no. kidding? I saw Road Trip in theaters. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That, that, I, I grew up with Tom Green for better for worse. Yeah, what when does he say? Uh, there's a movie where he's like, and I and I ate some melted cheese. Uh, I think that was Saving Silverman or something. Oh, I love Saving I'm, Silverman. I never oh, I never stopped laughing when like he's telling a story and he's microwaving just a block of cheese and he's like, I ate a melted cheese. Anyways, that's Tom Green. What's our uh, Tom Green spinoff podcast, Chris? Uh, putting from the green. No, um, green with envy. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh, the grass is always Tom Greener. Wow. Very That's nice. great. Very nice. That's great. Chris, let's go to the trivia section. I got a few okay. little nuggets for today. Trivia. All right. Here's a, here's a few random things. So uh, basically, this guy, the guy Matthew Vaughn, Matthew Vaughn, who wanted to make this movie, um, he, you know, wrote the movie and was like trying to sell it. And um, basically every single studio was like, hell no. They're like, you have a 11 year old girl who like calls people cunts and like <laughs> super violent. Like we, you can either get rid of her or make her 19 years old. Right. And so they literally, everyone told him no. So he um, fundraised on his own and made the movie independently and then sold it to Universal for significantly more than he originally had asked them for. So Wow. That's incredible. Some, sometimes you have a dream and you just got to go for it. And that dream is having a little girl say, say bad words. Word. Say the C word as her first line. Oh, man. In or her not first line. Oh, when she's dressed up as her first. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, speaking of her, so this is Chloe Grace Moretz, too. This is like basically her first big role. Um, this is certainly when I first like heard of her. I was like, oh, that's the mm-hmm. girl. Like like later stuff. I was like, oh, that's the girl from the superhero movie. Yeah. Um, she was quite young when this movie was made, and she was not allowed to say the movie, or she she couldn't bring herself to say the name of the movie. So she would call it the film <laughs> or kick butt. <laughs> but she says way that. worse in the movie. What the hell? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, she says. Yeah, she says it so casually too. I I love that th- this is one of her first roles, which means like, and I love when she, I've like seen a bunch of movies that she's in since then. And I love that Nicolas Cage will always be like, you know, her like one of her first co-stars. So like every time she does a movie, there's always going to be some sort of like, you know, it's kind of like Tom Tom Hanks's speech. I think it was at the Golden Globes where he's like. Uh, I want to thank like everybody I've ever worked with because you've always made me better and who I am. So it's like mm-hmm. Denzel Washington and Meg Ryan and Sally Field and Julia Roberts. So like Chloe Grace Moretz will always have a little bit of Nick Cage in her performance. Yeah, she started Same off word. started off with the craziest actor there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, you know who almost played Big Daddy? Yeah. Tell tell us, Jeremy. All right, we've got. Brad Pitt, who is a producer on this film, and uh, uh, I that's the only one I had. So don't uh, worry. There were a couple other people I, I forget. But. Vince Vaughn. The main one, yeah. What? Vince Vaughn. You just guessing, or I'm just throwing names. Okay. <laughs> I, Bradley uh, the Cooper. I, the I think Bradley Cooper women too young. Too young. Yeah. But 
yeah, Brad Pitt was the guy who was originally supposed to do it, but then he did Inglorious Bastards instead. So we um, all win. Win. Yeah. Win. Uh, another one. Stan Lee is in this movie. He's <gasps> one of, he's watching the news footage. Wow. I didn't see him in the bar. Me neither. Or something. I guess. Yeah. Wow. It is a Marvel film. Yeah. Maybe maybe he didn't have a mustache, so we didn't recognize him. Oh, uh, whoa, that's weird. Great segue to my last bit of trivia. <sighs> Mustaches. The mustache. Of course, Nicolas Cage came up with this himself. His character is disguised as, uh, uh, what's it called? So he's, his real name is Damon, Damon McReady. Uh, McReady in the, and so he has a mustache as that character. And then Big Daddy has a longer mustache. So he puts on a, a stick on, um, like, I don't know. He the adds mustache to his mustache to, to get the fucking yeah the handlebar the handlebar yeah <laughs> bizarre film so that was his idea so that's the trivia jeremy you got anything anything you you love any trivia you love about the movie uh it's yeah, i really movie. i really loved the quicksilver that both quicksilvers are in it yeah, yeah that's so. a real funny one that's very weird yeah um so let's rank this movie guys let's see uh it is time. And here's where here's where we uh yeah, we learn how well this movie holds up for Jeremy. Yeah. Uh so Jeremy, I get the feeling he's gonna be one of those tens across the boards, guys. I'm just I saying. do too. I'm, I'm no, I I uh, no. <laughs> Anything you put is right, Jeremy. All right, so okay. this is the the first one is the cast. This is how excited were you to see the people that were in this movie? Uh yeah, I'm gonna give this one a ten. Okay. Yeah, Clark Duke from Sex uh, Drive. Uh, what's his face? Quicksilver. Li- Lindsay Funches- Funchesco from the daughter from How I Met Your Mother. Mark Strong from like ev- from Cruella and Kingsman and Stardust. Uh, you know, uh, obviously Dave Lazuski. I mean Aaron Taylor Johnson. And also there were like a couple guys I recognized. Some of the goons looked so familiar. I couldn't place them. No, the, one of the dudes is from Death to Smoochie. Uh, the main, the main goon was from Death to Smoochie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, and then here's one that uh, we didn't even, I didn't even clock this, but so Elizabeth McGovern, who plays the mom in Downton Abbey, remember, she's like the, I oh got I just don't remember, oh, Cora Crawley, um, she is the mom in Kickass. She's his mom. Oh, oh wow, she's in it for one second. Yeah, and then she dies. Yeah. Wait. That woman was a big actor who just her head hit the table and no lines. Yes. Although I would say this is maybe before she got super famous because Downton Abbey started around the time as this movie. There are no small parts. That's right. She was just on set or on anyway. All right. Chris. Uh, I'm going to give this a solid eight. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight. I like the cast. I thought it was fun. Um, I got excited uh, about. Eh, I'm gonna seven, seven. Sorry, going down a notch. It's like, <laughs> it's like. I think this is like if I was um a little younger, I would be more excited, like you know, about the the cast because it'd be more recognizable for me. But I'm just like, oh yeah, I recognize the people and stuff. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven too. I, there was definitely a few people that I was excited to see. I will say, that I think that one of the weak parts was the gangsters. They were all kind of indistinguishable to me i don't have the same sort of mark strong uh love that you do i don't know who he is 
apologies to Mark Strong. <laughs> I'm looking through his credits. I don't think I've ever seen anything of this. Is this the guy from Dennis Moochie? I guess so. Yeah. But so I, I thought they were all kind of like indistinguishable to me. So I thought there was an opportunity there to do something more fun. Um, all right. Acting. This is everyone's acting, not Nick Cage's acting. Every, everyone together. I, I want to say eight. Okay. Or nine. Eight or nine. Eight. Let's say eight. Uh, I love, I mean, you know, uh, what's his, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's British, but he's got, even though it is a very squeaky, you know, high pitched voice, it is pretty flawlessly American or New York, you know, uh, Mark Strong is British. He, I loved his New York accent. Uh, I mean, it's not like accents, it's all acting. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, and then we've got this uh, 10 year old girl, you know, playing, an, an adult more you know a uh, a raunchy adult which i i loved the performance i loved all that i also love that mark i've seen mark strong in a similar role where he is the bad guy he's very rough and tough and mean but this time it was it was a little bit more play it was a different style of that it was more playful to me yeah so you have some some more mark strong love in the chat yeah so, uh, apologies did, you, did you say eight or mark nine strong. jeremy was <laughs> i it- said I, as I was speaking, I decided nine. Nine, nine, okay. All right, so the guy Thanks. from Death of Smoochie is Michael Rispoli. That's all I know. But anyway, uh, I am going to give this uh, also a seven because I actually, I really thought the little girl did a great job. Uh, I thought that, you know, everybody's pretty fun. It was, it was you know, I, I wasn't feeling a lot of strong emotions, but it was, it was a, it was a good, good movie. I'm gonna go a little lower, guys. I'm sorry. I thought that that Aaron Taylor Johnson was not that great. I thought the girlfriend was not that great. Um, I'm sorry. I well, did the, really like Chloe Grace Moretz. I'm you're sorry. This, you're no, breaking this kid's I'm heart. No, you're breaking his heart, man. You're breaking his goddamn heart. Give it a one. Give it a one. Look at that face. I dare you to look at his eyes and give him a one. (laughs) All right. No, I give it a five because I did really love Chloe Grace Moretz in this. I keep thinking Jason Mraz when people say Chloe Grace Moretz. I'm like, yeah, Jason Mraz was amazing as Hit Girl in this movie. That would be a great film that I want to see. I don't even know what Jason Mraz looks like. I'm going to Google that now. Well, while you're Googling that, Jeremy, how fun was this movie from one to 10? He's the guy with the fedora. Oh, wow. Fedora guy. Oh. That that's a man who's uh, balding and in denial about it. He's been covering it up with the fedora. I was gonna say ten because it is a lot of fun, but I'm gonna make it a nine because of you know some of the problematic and uh, uh, and things. Yeah. 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 I am so nine. Only, I'm also gonna say nine. Oh wait, can I, can I say something else? Of course, elaborate. Oh, uh, based off of having fun. I, I thought it was, I think, you know, they, they had the chance to, they, they, I think they took that chance by saying no to all these other studios because they, because it was more fun to have a child do adult things. I mean, and also there's nothing funnier than seeing a child do adult things or animals do human things. I mean, that's, that's not in the movie, but things like this are hilarious, but also they, you know, they, what if they never funded it? You know, they still took the chance to make it as fun as they can. And set the tone for you know like movies like Deadpool and 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 also we're leaving out Blade was before uh, okay. Kick Ass which is a rated R superhero movie that was before this that also helps set the tone for 
like Deadpool, which then is why we got. But Legend. is isn't Blade though sort of? I've never. I mean, I've never seen Blade. My understanding is that like it's like you're like oh these people live in a dark world and like they're yeah. you know whereas this it's like this character could be in a normal nice world but then all of a sudden you know what I mean like there's this yeah. sort of ju- juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I was going to ask. So, is the one point you took off because there's no animals doing human things in this movie? I would have loved that. Anything with animals doing human things. There is in Kick-Ass too, right? That because Jim Carrey is a dog, right? Oh uh, yeah, that's right. And he bites uh, penises. Yeah. Which, which humans do? Humans, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess humans. Don't Dogs bite. also do. But it, I guess the human thing is that the dog knows to bite the penis. Like Jim yeah. Carrey has like a thing, and he's like, "Go bite his, go bite his penis off or something." I guess Kick that's ass, the Kick Ass Two sounds insane. It's madness. Anyway, we're gonna what? have to watch it. We're gonna have to. It's why doesn't doesn't uh, D'Amico change his name to the motherfucker? Yeah, he does. And there's also yeah, and then he makes a whole bunch of racist comics, which are Uh-oh. not not fun. But he's the bad guy, so we get to watch him. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so this really is a bad guy Oregon origin story for uh, yeah. It's class. a bad guy Oregon yeah. Oregon story. Which makes it clear at the end when he's like, uh, you can wait till you get a load of me. And then he shoots the camera in the, in the eyeball. Guys, I have a great idea for a tourism to Portland uh, slogan. Write your Oregon story, like origin story. Uh, Oregon yeah. story. That's good. That is nice. Okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, fun for me, guys. I am so sorry. I'm going to give it a six. Woo. I... Uh, I just like there was so much of it that took me out of it like I was just like oh this is weird as hell and like I'm worried about this kid like I didn't I didn't have fun as kick-ass was becoming kick-ass I was just like what's his deal like he should be getting mental health assistance you know and like I uh, you know I just it just it didn't it didn't ring true for me I'm but gonna... I did enjoy obviously some parts of it. We All could right. stop right. now and give the rest zeros and keep this 69. <laughs> oh yeah, if we stop oh, now wow. and 69, yeah. Okay, technical uh, zero. <laughs> uh, no. So this I... is, yeah, wigs, what? costumes, special effects, uh, music. Ten, ten, ten. I didn't, you know, I didn't buy this, I didn't wear this costume for eight years straight for nothing. Also, I love the music. I'm pretty sure the Amazing Spider-Man Two stole the theme. Maybe it's the same score. But, you know, probably the same guy. The same guy just keeps taking from himself. Uh, or another deal. But also, I think uh, Chloe Grace Moretz like took like a class and she did a lot of stunts, which is amazing. Obviously, not all of them. I really love when when she's uh, you know running out of bullets and then she like throws the the bullet casing thing in the air and she takes the gun and then in the air puts it slams it into the gun that was crazy what is that even possible in real life but it made it but it looked right it looked like okay 10 10 10 all right what you got Uh, i'm gonna give it an eight i love the special effects costumes the fight scenes are great i want to point out something that the bad guys were always outgunned in this movie the good guys had bazookas gatling guns the bad guys basically only had handguns. They only had the one bazooka that they got from the good guys, mm-hmm. which is crazy bizarre. Anyway, yeah, eight. I had a good time with it. I liked it. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was amazing. There's definitely some parts where the CGI seemed showed, like at the very end when he's doing the hovercraft thing. 
I think they didn't really do a great job of convincing me they were in New York. Like they really tried, but everything, <laughs> everything was like, nope, that's absolutely Toronto. Um, all right, Jeremy, overall. I guess statistically it would be a nine. You can I, give it whatever no, this you, is separate. Your heart feels you don't, don't average. This is separate. But also I would like to give it a nine, you know, cause I love, I, I, I love this movie cause of the, the ideas of, you know, you know, being quote unquote normal, you don't have like a famous dad. You're not rich. You're not mm-hmm. strong, but you, st- but, but what, but you, what you want, even though you're not really capable of, of, of doing it, you still try to do it. And, and, you know, if it wasn't for the, uh, you know, the choices they made with the, the romance and some other things, then uh, I would have given it a 10, but nine for the, the, the real message, the message that I received, which is we can all be superheroes. If we just try and want it. But like, is that a good message though, Jeremy? Like, is, is it a yeah. good message that you should go out and fight crime as like a oh, no. Oh, no. person? No, wait, no I meant like uh, uh, standing up for, well, well, it, not murdering people. You know, I would have preferred if they all went to jail and got, you know, had, you know, all these bad guys went to trial and then went to jail, you know, that would have been, that'd be more ideal. I'm not, I don't want to murder anybody. Of course, be, yeah, even, he, even bad people, I don't want to murder. I just want them to go to jail for the allotted time, go to, you know, go to court, go to jail. Yeah. I mean, I mean it seems like you believe you're, crazy. you know, I mean, really, I think we should really dig into the criminal justice system here. Like, is it truly yeah. fair? Can any of us expect, you know, are we privileged in our international criminal? I mean, these are really big issues well, that I think the we chief of police, mm-hmm. the chief of police was one of the bad guys in this movie. Yep. It's getting paid off. Gigante. Gigante, yeah. So his name is Gigante. Yeah, it's Gigante. Like the big lima bean. Shout out, shout out to Gigantes, which are another Greek snack. <laughs> Giant beans covered in tomato sauce. Somebody who wrote the names of the characters in this film had a good was hungry and had some Greek for lunch and was like, okay, Gigantes. And what else do we got? Dolmas. <laughs> there was uh, a minor character, Spadacopita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give this... the henchman, Musaka. Oh. <laughs> she could go for hours. we got to cut her off. Hey, I studied uh... the product of Greece. I know some Greek food. Oh, all no. Right. Oh, all right, fuck. all right. Overall, Chris, what do you think? Eight. I loved it. It was a great, solid film. Uh, I was, I'm was. i not going to say it was as fun as The Rock or Face Off, but it was definitely a fun film. Six. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't love this movie. It wasn't Don't, don't apologize. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. All right. Now, uh, Jeremy, bonus. you know the drill. Add or take away one point. I, what part of Jeremy's face are we looking Okay, that's the uh, well, uh, uh, Add or take away a point uh, as desired for something that you liked or disliked about this movie. Desire. Wow, it's so hard. Can I say zero? I mean, you could be the first person to say zero, but... Zero. Zero. Wow. Because I, I want to take away a point for, you know, it, it's, it's, it's problematic things, which I've mentioned so many times. But I want to add a point uh, for it ins- uh, inspiring me to wear this costume for eight years. Now, all right. So net zero. That's net fair. Zero. Net yeah. zero. Free internet back in the day. Uh, <laughs> this is this is very important because this category often just because the the scores are so close, often pushes something up a notch or down a notch. I am going to add a point because of the stupid fight scene between Kickass and McLovin that they had in parallel to the actual fight scene where they're just whacking each other with sticks and like they don't even know what they're doing. So they get a point for that. Um, I'm going to subtract a point. So there's, we have a net zero here. Net and the zero, reason is Earthlink. 
There's a scene. There's a scene where McLovin and Kickass are riding in a, his car, the Red Mist car, or whatever Mist Mobile, um, and then uh, Crazy by Narles Barkley comes on, yeah, yeah. and they both kind of rock out to it. But like, it's really just like they're just kind of bobbing their head, yeah. and then that's it. That's the scene. Like they don't do. I, I feel like if you're gonna be playing this song, if you paid for the music rights, like do something <laughs> bigger than that. Don't just have them oh. be like we're jamming. Okay. Oh. Uh- I have, I have a comment about this. Me, please, Jeremy, Jeremy Weiner, uh, kick ass. Uh, I I thought this was the moment where you're like, oh, they could have been friends. Yes, you know, like the, this is where like if he if the security guard let them talk and they hung out, they would be good friends. Yeah. So this is kind of like maybe they're trying to make it like X Men, where it's like the really bad, you know, really really bad version of uh, Magneto and Professor X. Like these are two people who could have been good friends that are going to become arch nemesis or this is so, like the, yeah. the 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 osborne peter parker moment when you're like oh yeah. you know he could have been buddies okay then i take away my negative point for that Wait, what uh, but i have another negative point so it all evens out and i'm <laughs> negative point because they keep she uh hit girl keeps calling his taser gay and oh, come yeah. on oh. it's 2010 yeah, yeah. unnecessary this isn't this is in 1995 come on <laughs> ay 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 but wait, right, we never established her. Se- oh, never. I was gonna say, does she have Joe community? Because is she gay? But we don't know. She's eleven, also. So who knows? She's eleven. All right. So we're going to the Reveal. results. Face off. Oh wait, that's face. Kickass beat oh, face off. Wow. What? Number seven. At least it didn't beat Moonstruck. That's my favorite of all the Nick Cage. Wow. Get I'm out. Really sorry. Get I'm out, really, Jeremy. Really Get out. I'm sorry. What? Wow. Sorry. Oh, I'm so wow. mad right now. I'm so mad right now. Well, here's can the I thing. Say, can I say oops? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So the, for those listening, we have seen Kick-Ass is now number seven. <laughs> <laughs> number seven between Con Air and Face Off. Kick-Ass beat Face Off. I'm so fucking mad. I'm sorry, Jeremy. You should have won. I love you. Today. You're wonderful. Never sorry. change. Wow. I'm sorry. A day, wow. a day of upsets and victories. A day that will live in infamy. Jenny. Um, I, I personally <laughs> am happy. Jenny's still in the top 20. Wait, where's, where's, where's Gone in 60 Seconds? Number 13. Jenny's Lucky movie, Gone in 60 Seconds. Well, City of Angels is 12. Yeah. I, I it's interesting. The- it's, uh, yeah, it's been, um, I don't know. We'll have to do a version of this, Chris. Let's just start ranking. I can't believe how, we how- did 30 of these mm-hmm. fucking movies. All right, it's time for the Cage Gage, the two-axis uh, plot of Cage's acting ability versus Cage's craziness in this film. It's out of 10. Jeremy, what will you give Cage on his his trademark Cage crazy in this film out of 10? 10. This is crazy. The man, Ten. it was almost like he was like, I know this movie is called Kick-Ass and not Big Daddy, but I'm still going to make it the Big Daddy movie. He tried so hard to make Big Daddy. And also that one line where Marcus has already left, and uh, and uh, uh, what you call it? And he's like, and he screams Frank D'Amico. That was insane, but also brilliant at the same time. Because he oh, blames I forgot about de- that. His wife's death. That was I loved. And then of course him screaming while he's on fire. Yeah, that, him, that that really does make it. Make yeah, it. that's huge. That's pretty huge. It definitely belongs on the crazy side of the axis. I'm gonna give it a. It's a tough one. I'm gonna give it a seven point five, just because oh. I I know. There's crazier movies out there. 
I, I can't. I actually, I'm gonna give it a seven. Well, what do I know? Wow. Doing? What are you typing there, Chris? Seven point <laughs> five seven slash slash slash. Yeah. <laughs> HTTP. Uh, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> this is the link to uh, Kickass's MySpace page. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is going to be a seven for me too. It's not the craziest. It did have some good crazy moments, but he does have, you know, you know, like, like in contrast to something like bad Lieutenant where basically every line he has is delivered insanely. Like this is like, he does have somewhere. He's just like, I'm just being a good dad. He's talking about weapons with my daughter. You know, he did make like some more crazy choices though. More chill. Yeah. Very right. crazy choices. Decidedly on the crazy half of the, of the, for plot. sure. Okay. Acting ability. What do we got? Jeremy? My- Am I also allowed to say 10? You're allowed to say you can you say want. 10 whenever you want, Jeremy. Oh, okay, okay, because because I think he truly understood the tone of this film, and I think he play and he I think he knows as a person how you're not supposed to uh, raise your daughter to uh, say the c word and kill a bunch of people, but he treated his character like it was like he had to do this, like she this was her birthright to become this person, and and also. Uh, uh, that he that he uh, did the research and that he cared about how Big Daddy speaks and he wanted it to be Adam West that he like didn't just go into this blind and he had a purpose for his character and that he was like I needed that mustache those were all choices that he made yeah that, that made this well, what it is Jenny's angry that uh, City of Angels is beating Gone in sixty seconds <laughs> uh, I I guess it's number seven okay sorry yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give his acting also a seven in this film. And I am not going to explain myself. All right. I'm going to give it an eight. You're giving it an eight? An eight. Yeah. I thought he, I thought, I thought he was one of the best parts of the movie for me. I thought he, he, it was believable, the relationship. I thought he made weird choices, but like it worked in the world. I mean, that's, that's what it always is. Is that like a good Nick Cage movie is is one where the world is as crazy as he is. And he, fits in and i think that he did in this movie and so i didn't find it jarring so yeah like but. there's movies with people actors that they're the, they could make these crazy crazy decisions and it works like jim like every movie jim carries in pretty much right but like mm-hmm. like yeah nick cage is like i feel like the more of those these we've done the more i've grown to appreciate like when he makes those specific choices it's so weird but he's i don't know it adds sometimes anyway here we go solidly in the good acting, more crazy quadrant. I believe we we belong in this quadrant, no matter where we landed. We're in good company in this quadrant. We got oh. uh, Leaving Las Vegas. We got Valley Girl, Matchstick Men. You got Connie Mandy. Mandy, Mom and Dad. Uh, <laughs> BL Pongo. What is BL Pongo? Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, Bad Lieutenant. Port of Call New Orleans. There it is. BL <laughs> Pogno. I had to shorten it. It's too long Pogno. in the title. Wild at heart. So this is like the quadrant you want to be in for Cage films, really. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah, so it's up there. Let's go kick ass. And we did it again. We ranked another Cage film once again. We did it. We, we, uh, we're going to get Jeremy to his soccer game on time. Thanks. I'm going <laughs> to try to win for, for all of us. Win, win for us, Jeremy. Wear win, the costume. Win, win for face-off. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going to get over this. Do it for Big Daddy. I'm so sorry, but also, I'm I'm also happy. All right, Jeremy. So what what's going on in your life? What do you want to promote to our uh, audience? Oh my God, Meg! Thank you so much for for asking me this. Of course. Uh, uh, I have started an Instagram account called the Jeremy Wheel, 
Uh, the Jerry wheel is kind of like, it, it's like the third wheel, but I'm always the third wheel. So it's going to be a bunch of pictures of me and, and, and lovers, such as Chris and Meg. <laughs> We've already taken the picture and theirs is going to, uh, it's going to be on the Jeremy wheel on Friday. I'm going to, I'm going to just post everything on Scheduled Friday. posts. Yeah. Anyway, you... Yeah. So anyways, it's going to be pictures of me with lovers, whether I know them or not. <laughs> so the, the latest picture is just a couple of those holding each other on top of the blacktop in Griffith Park. And I was sitting near them and I had my friend take a picture of me <laughs> near them. <laughs> and, then I, and then I made up their love story together. It was- That's very beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. Then, yeah. So your love story won't be made up. I will immediately follow this account. It sounds yeah. fucking it awesome. It sounds amazing. Wait, Jeremy, so, another question for you. Are you yes. doing any stand-up stuff too? Uh, I, I, don't know, I'm, I don't have any shows yet. Uh, but the West Side is opening soon, so hopefully my improv and sketch team will be able to come back. I want to go. I love the West Side. The West Side Theater is so great in Santa yeah, Monica. It's coming back June 18th. That's awesome. I'm going to be work, working there part time as a tech person, and oh. I get I, I'm going to get paid to watch stand up and play music. I'm so excited. It's not a long drive for you though. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth oh. it. oh yeah, because we're so close. Jeremy, yeah. do you um? Love the it, website. The IG what? is it at the Jeremy Wheel or is it Jeremy Wheel on Instagram? Uh, uh, I think it's uh at the underscore Jeremy underscore Wheel. Ah, that's better. I probably shouldn't have left in the underscores, but what the heck? What the heck, Jeremy? Thank you so one. much. We're gonna be back next week. We're talking. I mean, not when. We're not gonna be back next week. We are taking a week off because we are every other week. Uh, post two week schedule. Two week schedule. Living Five our weekly? lives. Living our lives. Bi weekly bisexual. It's June, baby. <laughs> hey <laughs> June 20th is our next episode. Bringing out the dead with our friend and uh, virtual improv mainstay, Rob Lamoth. It's going to uh, be a good one. going to be a crazy it's gonna episode. It's going to be a good one. We're going to have nothing I... but red lights the whole entire time. I don't know anything about this movie, and I don't think I'm going to like it, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's great to have you, and uh, we will talk to you all soon. And Good see night, you everybody. Weeks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Unlocking the Cage is produced by The Manager Special. Music by Will Janetta. Check out our other shows, as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com.